0: Alright everybody, welcome to episode 14 of NPC Talk My name is Incronaut, also known as Chris, or the other way around And um, in NPC Talk news, there is nothing new going on um, So today, we are talking about one of my favorite MMO RPGs of all time Guild Wars 2, with an old guest from episode 2 Trevor, hello
1: Hey, how's it going everyone?
0: um so Trevor, we just started this new thing where we try to call each other by our gamer tags, okay because you know we're gamers now, right and so uh, what should I call you by I'll go by Zerk Zerk awesome all right, Zerk have you uh so today we're talking about Guild Wars 2 um what is your what what is your
1: experience with that game ooh a um, lot of experience with that game uh, in fact I have it open right now just so I can reference it while I'm, uh, while I'm talking with you it's uh, a <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with this game I've been playing it since, uh, since the beta oh, and wow. I, I still play it actually not as often as I did when it first came out but I've definitely played my fair share of it and I've played all the classes and done pretty much what there is to do in it so, I, I've got a lot of opinions.
0: How about you? What have you been <laughs> up to in it? Um, I think I definitely got it pretty close to when release came out. And um, I think you got me into
1: it. Now that <laughs> We did play it. together, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have... Mm, it has its weaknesses, but I would say I, I love Guild Wars 2 a lot. Um, because its strengths are what caters to me personally, mm-hmm. and so I think that um, it's one of the more it it I enjoy it as an MMO because it's kind of what I look for in MMOs. Although the things that it's missing, I do kind of yearn for sometimes.
1: But you know, it's hard to have everything. Yeah, it is. That's a that's a good theme to this talk. I'd say.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So. I guess let's start with um, what, I don't know, can you describe Guild Wars 2 to the people? What, what kind of MMO is it like? Okay,
1: I'd say, well, to, to understand what Guild Wars 2 is, it's definitely a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Mm-hmm. That's That much is sure. But comparing it to pretty much any other MMO on the market or any other popular MMO in the last... Decade or two decades. It's so vastly different that I'd say it's just... It's not fair to call it an MMO. Mm. Because it just changes your expectations of it.
0: That is... uh, Huh. That's actually
1: incredibly insightful. I like that. (laughs) It's a... I think the way I describe it to people is somewhere along the lines of... World of Warcraft meets Dynasty Warriors. Okay. Where... You've got the whole online persistent world. You're collecting gear. You're getting stronger. All that fun stuff that you would expect from MMOs in general from World of Warcraft or something. But then the combat and the challenge and the late game, everything feels more like Dynasty Warriors to me.
0: Hmm. I've, uh, I've actually never played Dynasty Warriors.
1: But... Oh, it's fine. Just imagine a hack and slash action RPG. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> Gauntlet Legends. Ah. Uh. Yeah. I love I love that game. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's pretty good. <laughs> um so I guess let's start with kind of the inception of Guild Wars Two and like how it um how it's the successor to Guild Wars One but in a completely different way. Like do you do you have any experience with that? Um so
1: I actually I only played Guild Wars One probably for a couple hours, but uh-huh. <laughs> I know enough about it to know that Guild War 2 is nothing like it. Right, yeah. It's it's a spiritual successor. It definitely shares the name, but aside from that, not, not a whole lot. The world, the lore, things like that. Some of the classes, I suppose, but in terms of actual gameplay, like class selection, and the fact that you can jump, everything like that has just changed. It's... I can't say it's a change for the worse, but it's just like it's a different game. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Guild Wars One was definitely like a like the PVE was short, right? You max level was like twenty. You get all your skills quickly, and then what they wanted you to do was get max level, and then just like jump right into PvP, where it was like amazing. Like they had <laughs> a really sh- like strong PvP scene, and like everyone just loved beating the crap out of each other and it was all about you know making a guild with your buddies and beating other guilds and then um in the evolution of guild wars 2 they switched to a more pve game i mean the pvp is still there but uh we'll get into that later yeah but uh they switched into a more pve game and um and instead of uh being like the other mmos they kind of created their own style with it and uh you know it's it's definitely uh, unique. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to Okay, before we go into Guild Wars 2, I feel like we just need to describe the 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 generic MMORPG formula.
1: Right. Yeah. So I'd say I mean, do you want to do you want to kick it off?
0: <laughs> okay. Uh and like correct me if I'm wrong or anything. Mm-hmm. But um so the standard of all MMORPGs is And everyone thinks of World of Warcraft, right? And uh, World of Warcraft, it's, it's all about, you know... And I'm going to talk about vanilla, like, in the very beginning. It was all about levels 1 through 60 means absolutely nothing. Like, no one cares about 1 through 60. <laughs> that's just a grind fest for you to, like, get used to, like, how the game were and all your spells and stuff. Then once you hit max level, level 60, that's, like, where the game really starts, right? And that's where you... Uh, Find groups, find guilds, um, and then start doing raids, where it's, like, these, you know, giant dungeons, and you, like, fight these really cool bosses, go through all these really cool puzzles, and you have to do things really specifically with, like, a party and have, like, massive communication, and you really create, like, a really neat community. And World of Warcraft really set the standard for MMOs in that way, by saying, you know, like, um by saying, you know, we are having a giant community together. I want you guys to interact with each other and, you know, work with each other. And then through that, um, you know, like, progress together and kind of create your own, like, mini-community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, and so there was raids, and then there was PvP, which uh, World of Warcraft had a pretty good PvP scene, especially because, I mean, they were, for a while the only like mmo out there so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um they had a good pvp scene and then um and then for the classes they had the the holy trinity as they called it which was tank dps which is damage per second and then healer and you you know you needed like a, a good balance of that trinity and um yeah and then i don't know do you do you have anything to
1: add to that Um, not, not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, just kind of to adding, to add to what you said already is the, the end game to be the strongest you could be, you needed to group Mm -hmm. like you needed to, you needed to have friends. You needed that social structure in order to raid, in order to get the best armor, in order to, to be the best player. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, um, I guess with, uh, items, It was always about, once you're max level, you know, you don't really gain stats anymore. And so to progress further, they would have, you know, like, item tiers almost. And so you would start with, you know, your level 60 item, and then you would beat, like, these certain dungeons to get the next level item, and then you just kind of keep going further and further. And to get to, you know, the highest level dungeon, you would need the next highest level dungeon's gear, because the monsters were just that much stronger. So... Um, that was kind of a way of continuing to progress.
1: Yeah, and that just kind of became the norm. I mean, all the things you listed there, people just accepted that as what MMOs were, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's just a, a pattern that kind of has existed since then. Or, I mean, it exists a little bit before that too—EQ, Dayak, all that stuff. But still, that's just what people expect. So, I think that's a <laughs> yeah a good segue into what I'm. What kind of MMO Guild Wars Two is?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Why, why don't you hit us off with uh, what kind of what Guild Wars Two is like as an MMO?
1: So Guild Wars Two, it's um, yeah, <laughs> right. It's different. I mean, a lot of the things that you mentioned, things like you said that in World of Warcraft vanilla one through sixty was nothing. It was just a grind fest. The real game started once you hit level sixty, the the level cap. Whereas in Guild Wars two, the level cap doesn't mean a whole lot, and the game starts at level one. That's where you start having fun, mm-hmm. and all of the all the things you do to get to the level cap, you're going to continue doing once you hit the level cap. Also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the focus isn't about getting better gear. I mean, it's it's part of the focus, but better gear isn't isn't what you're aiming for. You don't even know your stats exist for half the game. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't really matter, to be honest. You, you put on cool-looking cool looking items and you're strong enough to beat things that are your level. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And I'd say the biggest difference for me, like, the hardest thing to get used to, was that there wasn't anything, my level, that was really challenging me. Like, nothing that forced me to go and get better gear, nothing that... That forced me to say, "Hey, I should be rethinking how I'm playing my character." Nothing, nothing really made me die a whole lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I think that kind of that knocks out a lot of the things that World of Warcraft kind of set. Is that this this challenge, this pressure to get better stats, get better gear, just wasn't there, and that that kind of kicked off Guild Wars 2 for me at least. What do you think?
0: Uh. So okay, so adding on to what you said, and uh, I agree with everything you said, a hundred percent. So I think what Guild Wars Two, oh, the the developers are NCSoft, right? Um, let me check that. But um, and ArenaNet. The <laughs> yeah 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 NCSoft and so oh ArenaNet yeah. Yeah. And she the publisher. Right, right, right. Arena Net. Um, so the the goal that ArenaNet had in mind when they were creating Guild Wars 2 was they wanted to have this world called Tyria. And from the very start of your adventure in Tyria, they wanted you to become a part of that world and like be a part of like become your character almost, right? They wanted you to just, you know, explore this world as an adventure, right? Just be like, wow, you know, these the scenery is amazing. Like, all these characters and the history of Tyria, like, all this stuff is really cool. And we're going to give it all to you at level one and just for you to explore and um, enjoy the story and enjoy leveling up, like, all the way through. And so that was kind of their mindset going into the game. And so... That put a lot of focus on on leveling up and exploring the world, but then, in order to kind of like balance having such focus on that, you kind of lose a little bit of the grind because because grinding wasn't their focus, right? They didn't just want you to do the same thing over and over again. They wanted you to um, to try different things and kind of you know just enjoy walking around in the world of Tyria.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a good point you make. Is that their their development efforts weren't aimed at endgame, mm-hmm. and it's pretty clear when you play it that every zone that you step into, whether it's the the lobby zone or the highest level zone, it all has the same amount of care. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. There's there's something for any level to do in any zone. I mean, a lobby shouldn't be in a high level zone. I take that back. But a high level can be in a lobby zone and still have fun. Yeah. Whereas in World of Warcraft, you would just crush everything.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Sorry. There's (laughs) just so much to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh,
0: Okay, so uh, I kind of I want to talk about the the end the end game that does exist in Guild Wars 2. Okay. Um, which so in Guild Wars 2 the oh, okay, the the main end game, the very very an end game that Guild Wars 2 is called the Living Story. And they and continuing on to their um, you know, their ideology of developing Tyria and having you enjoy the world, they do this thing called the Living Story where once every 2 weeks uh, an event that affects Tyria happens, right? So um, this one event, you know, Lion's Arch got... Lion's Arch, which was, like, the main town that... This, the hub of the entire world that everyone went to. Uh, Lion's Arch, you know, got invaded. And for two weeks, you're supposed to, you know, defend against these guys. And if you, uh, if you do all these, like, de- defense events and everyone in the world, you know, does enough, then maybe you successfully defend Lion's Arch. And if you don't do enough as a world, you know lion's arch might get destroyed and uh and so in a way it's really neat because you feel like oh wow i'm really part of this world and the world is changing and you um and you get to do different things and it changes all the time right and so in a sense uh in their ideology it was really fun you get to try different things do different events you know like christmas events thanksgiving halloween they were really fun Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes they were really challenging and sometimes they were just kind of more like celebratory or more for fun. And so, uh, it, it is a mixture, but a lot of the time you, there isn't that I have to group with this small group of people and do something, um, super hardcore because Arena Net wanted to cater to everyone from the hardcore pros to the extremely casual noobs. And Mm -hmm. so... Uh, it, it's hard to get that hardcore raid balance going because they're trying to cater to everyone with their ideology in mind.
1: Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, the living story being the the end game, end game, I suppose, in, in their in their whole development mindset. It um, again, it wasn't aimed at making more challenging content for people who had who had beaten the last challenging content, they weren't trying to one-up themselves. They were trying to make uh, just as challenging content for people that was just different, Mm -hmm. something more to explore.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so while we're talking about this, um, this is what I love about um, Guild Wars 2. This is... uh, I do miss the challenge, and I do sometimes want, you know, raiding and really giant monsters that, you know, takes, like, hours of planning... But um, at the same time, uh, the the idea of being immersed into Tyria and being one with my character was, was something I really loved. I, I loved in a way, kind of role playing in Guild Wars Two. I I mean, I, I didn't like role play or
2: anything, but,
0: <laughs> but but you know, just like pretending I am my character. It, it was like a really neat experience that um, that the other MMOs don't have to the extent that Guild Wars Two had.
1: Yeah, and something they did amazingly is just that immersion, that the whole exploration, the world they crafted, making you feel like you're a part of this world. They just, they were spot on. It
0: was great. Yeah, yeah. it still is great. <laughs> yeah, it's super super fun. Um, but then, uh, if you say you did want to grind gear, uh, there was, there were some dungeons where you could get, like, the legendary gear or, like, uh, exotic gear. You can get, like, yeah. pieces for it and stuff. Um, but I don't know. Why don't you go into, like, how the gear grind?
1: Okay, started? so they, they still had their own take on gear grinding. Even though it wasn't really the focus, they still had it there for people who wanted to, to try it out. Mm-hmm. So in in World of Warcraft, you would have... I, I forgot the actual names of it, but you'd have, like, the, the purple... And then, like, the orange was the, the best gear or something. And it went by item levels later, which is a great idea. Yeah. But in Guild Wars 2, you had... Um, or you have these different colors again. And you have the, the Masterwork, which is really easy to find. The the Rare stuff, which is still pretty easy to find. You're probably outfitted in it by level 80. Mm-hmm. Exotic, which is... At, at launch, that was kind of the top tier. And then there's Ascended, which is the stuff that took a while to get, and then Legendary, which was just the same stats as Descended, but cosmetically really cool yeah. and really hard to get. Like It just took forever. And the way they distributed this gear, it wasn't the standard MMO pattern where you had to do this one certain encounter to get this one piece of gear that had the one set of stats that you needed. Mm-hmm. The, the way they distributed this gear is just all of it was time sync. You could get any stats you wanted on any piece of gear just by crafting, even, or by finding it randomly from any monster in the game. So you didn't have to be shoehorned into one dungeon over and over again to find that one drop. You could go anywhere you wanted and just farm up money and then buy it, Mm -hmm. or craft it, or something like that. So in a way, they were kind of furthering their design pattern of saying, hey, you can do anything you want, just go have fun, go explore the world. Mm -hmm. And it was great in the sense that, yeah, you could you didn't have to just sit there and grind dungeons, even though some people like doing that. But, again, it kind of took the focus off that hardcore aspect. They they couldn't gate all this gear behind really difficult encounters. They just had it all out there. And yeah. it was all time-gated, pretty much. So, if you could farm up enough money, you could get any gear you wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, like, the, the whole... Um what's it called the whole gear the whole legendary getting the legendary gear it wasn't about getting the legendary so that you're stronger than everyone else but that you look cooler than everyone else (laughs) like they they were going for the if you really want to grind and be the best we we aren't going to make you statistically a better character than everyone else but by golly you will look like way cooler than everyone else because you
1: spent the time getting that really really cool gear, and, and anyone that's played MMOs knows that is super important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, I really want that gear." <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So that that's kind of the end game, and it's definitely unique, uh, different than the original model, and I think. Uh, it, I don't know some people love it some some people hate it but you know it's not it's not like uh, unanimously you know the best or anything
1: right it, it really caters to the to casual playstyle mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can you can log on once a week you don't need like a, a rating guild or anything like that. you can just go on play for five minutes collect some gold and you would be that many gold pieces closer to getting your your best set of gear yeah yeah. Which is you no, know,
0: cool for you know people like us who have a job and a life. Well,
1: mm-hmm. well, okay. don't speak for both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um. So let's switch gears and mm-hmm. go into the other side of the end game, which right. is PPP.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. <laughs> and so um, okay. So I'll I'll start off with PvP. And so okay. there's two. Main types of PvP. Uh, SPV, SPVP. What does the S stand for? Structured. Structured player versus player. And then world versus world, which is WVW. Mm-hmm. And uh, so SPVP is your 5v5, like, uh, you know, King of the Hill or, like, capture the flag or, you know, slay certain amount of people. Yeah, I think, like, Battlegrounds from World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your Battlegrounds, right? So um, they have that and that was kind of like what Guild Wars 1 people were excited for because that was like their main thing in Guild Wars 1 and they kind of were trying to bring it into Guild Wars 2 and then they had World vs. World, WVW where uh, you are a part of your server and you try to conquer this uh, independent World vs. World map by pretty much zerging <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much pretty much like there's a dude who buys a leadership badge for like 100 gold or something. He puts it on himself and he goes, hey, everyone, I'm the leader. Find me on your mini-map and like, let's just go raid this place. And he, <laughs> and I'll call the shots. And because there's so many people and it's so chaotic, you're just like, okay, I, I <laughs> let's do it. And so basically you just go on your merry way and sometimes you know you can stray off and kill off the stragglers which is what we did a lot <laughs> yeah that was it's pretty fun <laughs> it, was re- it was really fun um but it's all it was just kind of a it's i don't know it's it's more casual in a pvp sense you just kind of run around and capture things and and kill the noobs out there
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good way to say it
0: <laughs> and so um let's start with structured pvp uh okay. what do you think of it
1: uh, I've, I mean, I think it was a good idea. Yeah, definitely. But development-wise, it's really clear they didn't put very much focus on it. Yeah. Which is a shame because, like you said, a lot of the people from Guild Wars 1 and a lot of other just PvP communities were really excited about that. Because I guess the, the selling point to it was... As soon as you bought Guild Wars 2, you could go off onto this PvE spree and level up to level 80, You'd spend all your time there, do everything you want. Or you could press one button, you could be in this structured PvP mode, you would already be level cap with any items you want, and you could just jump right into PvP and everything's balanced because everybody has access to everything. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. There's none of that wow, like a grinding honor or... Um, the, the harder version of Honor that I forgot the name of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to to get like the best PvP gear, and th- there's no imbalance in gear. It's just, it's supposed to be a matchup of skill and wits and tactics and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And, I mean, they did that, but they didn't really support it as the game went on. Right. At launch, they had one game mode, which was King of the Hill with three points,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for a year and a half, that's all they had. They added, I think, two maps, so they had probably a total of five maps by a year and a half. In people were bored of it. Yeah, <laughs> the the rewards were pretty much non-existent. the The grind, there was a grind. Like they had little stats that you could accrue. While you're doing this, things like how many wins you got, you had a little like a uh, title that was above your head nothing nothing that made your character stronger mm-hmm. but things to show off were just unobtainably far away. Mm-hmm. You need to be playing for years to even see like a, a an extra rank once you were once you were high up there so it was it felt abandoned.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It felt like they launched the game and then immediately shifted all their resources to p v e
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> and all the PvP players were like oh this is, this is cool let's, uh, let's have a new game mode and then it's just crickets oh cool let's uh, oh yeah this, this class is overpowered do you think you could change that? and then nothing <laughs> it's like they weren't even listening to the, uh, to the PvP players yeah. and I, I might be a little bit biased because I was one of those players who was really excited about right. it and not seeing any development for like a year and a half was pretty disheartening Mm-hmm. that said I know it was kind of a, a bad intro <laughs> that said they did do a lot of things pretty cool with it they had um they had some cool maps the one game mode that was there was actually pretty exciting um, there was room for tactics there was some, some ranked stuff in there it wasn't well, it wasn't the best implementation but it was there they had some sort of ranking system they had a few tournaments that they sponsored so it wasn't completely abandoned it was just it, it compared to the PVE side, it it felt pretty lackluster.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. Yeah, they. I know they had a few tournaments and stuff, but like when it really launched, they didn't really like you said it, they didn't put resources into PvP, as mm-hmm. PvP, and so. Um, yeah, so there were like you know some some balance issues and um, and it never took off because there weren't like exciting tournaments or like you know any like anything huge where people are like man we need to form a guild be the best team so that we can compete right there wasn't anything pushing yeah. people to want to be the best because like you said there weren't rewards both in game and like out of the game there just wasn't anything compelling enough to want to you know
1: keep yeah. playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that I mean it feels like there's not a whole lot to say about it, but I think that's just kind of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> is that there, there wasn't much to say about it. It was it felt pretty quickly and poorly implemented. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm
0: hmm. Um, and so for World versus World, uh I, <laughs> it actually reminds me of when you played uh Warhammer when we were living together. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, this is totally like when you're Warhammering with uh <laughs> yeah, with your friends I was like oh this looks like so much fun <laughs>
1: yeah and okay so I, I again I have a really love hate relationship with with this part of it too <laughs> I am a sucker for open world pvp like I grew up with Dark Age of Camelot and they had the same sort of thing where they had three different realms and there was this persistent this persistent world where they just fought over these keeps and they went back and forth and it was it was awesome. I don't want to talk too much about Dark Age Camelot, but World v World or WVW World vs. World, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was Guild Wars Guild War Guild Wars twos. <laughs> Guild, yeah Guild, Guild Wars, Wars Twos, twos. <laughs> answer to to that realm versus realm that that open world PvP and. It is kind of what you make it. It's a little bit sandboxy in that you don't have to go after the objectives. You can just, like what we did, you can just go off and pick people off and have fun with it. Or you can follow people around in this giant zerg. And you can you can take huge castles and you can get on these, like, 50 versus 50 fights. And it's just, it's an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. The um, I guess the issue I had with it is kind of the same that I had with the the um, structured PvP, is that it didn't really feel like it was supported much. And there, were you could go into PvE and get tons of rewards and, I don't know, make your character look cooler after playing for an hour. If you went into World v. World and you played for an hour, there's not much to show for it at all. And that shouldn't matter a whole lot, but it does. <laughs> if you feel like you're playing suboptimally. Right. Yeah.
0: Um... So okay so we uh we totally forgot to talk about like the the class system in uh Guild, Guild Wars 2. So instead of having the holy trinity, you know, with the with the tank, DPS and healer thing, they kind of um wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> they were like, you know, we don't like that. We want you to be able to do anything and everything with any character. And so with all the classes, and you know, some classes clearly do some things better than others, but with all the classes, they gave you defensive options, offensive options, and everyone had healing options. And so, um, with that being said, you know, in dungeons and stuff, they're trying to make, um, they're trying to make composition not as important, but you yeah. know, still there. Mm-hmm. And so, it made world versus world in a way, um, like a lot of fun. Because everyone had both melee options and ranged options. And so, <laughs> in your typical world versus world, like, you know, if you're melee and and you're stuck with, like, a sword, you're pretty much dead. Because you can't go in against, like, 50 archers, right? <laughs> but everyone had ranged options now. And so, literally, like, it always reminds me of Lord of the Rings, where you're <laughs> sieging towers and you just see arrows, like, flying, like, left and right like spells being cast and stuff and so they i thought that they did a pretty cool job with that in that you don't you know because of the whole no trinity do what you want kind of thing you don't have to rely on other people and so you're just in this chaos and it's just like things firing and stuff but i mean you know it's it felt it felt very casual so
1: yeah it, it was pretty chaotic <laughs> yeah yeah the uh yeah, I guess uh, casual is a good word for it. They they didn't want to take away that whole feeling like, oh, sorry, I can't group with you even though you're my friend because we need somebody that's a healer and you're a DPS. Right. You you never got into that in, in Guild Wars 2. You had people that were really serious and they came up with these optimal builds and this optimal setup for a dungeon run, but in the end, it you could do that same run with any classes, any spec. It would just take longer.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and as far as Guild Wars, uh, the WVW (laughs) goes, Mm -hmm. it's the same kind of deal. It didn't matter what classes you brought, you were going to be doing damage. You were going to be in this huge button-mashing, spells-flying-everywhere fight, and it was going to look awesome, it was going to feel awesome, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it was going to be complete chaos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, We totally forgot to talk about the, the mist thing. What was it called? The, the the thing that's... where you go into like random instances and they get harder and harder.
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah. Fractals of the mist. Fractals of the mist. Yeah. Um, it's a <laughs> It's kind of their their answer to end game progression and trying to make challenging group content. They added it probably, I think six months or or so after the game came out. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the idea is that there's, there are these nine mini-dungeons, or ten mini-dungeons. And you walk into Fractals of the Mist, you're going to get three random ones chained together. And you, as a group of five, have to get through all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the trick is, if you do that once, you can go into floor two. And it's the same thing, except a little bit harder. And floor three and floor four, it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. All the way to floor, I think... 40 was the, the cap or 50 I can't remember but it, it got it got deep and it got uh, as challenging as Guild Wars 2 yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I've never made it like to high level fractals so
1: I yeah I mean it, it wasn't easy like mm-hmm. if you were a casual player and you walked in there you you were going to get smashed and in that sense they did a good job making challenging content I think the the problem was, and I'm going to use this as a segue because I really want to talk about this. Nice. The the whole class identity thing really made the the challenge kind of dull, one dimensional. Since anybody could heal, and anybody could have defense, and anybody could mm-hmm. have offense, there wasn't like there wasn't a need to have structure in your group. Mm. And with that, when they were making encounters, things like that, they they couldn't count on there being healers because there was no such thing as a healer. And they couldn't count on there being, like, crowd control people because they didn't make any crowd control classes. So any of their encounters came down to kill this big thing before it kills you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And in doing that, I think they, they made a few errors in that, one, they gave everybody this dodge mechanic, which... If you've played uh, like Terra or even any fighting game, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's like a a few frames of invulnerability whenever you press a button. And you can only press the button like twice every 10 seconds or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But that's all you need. Because if you see this big boss winding up, he's about to hit you with a club. You press the button right when the club is about to hit you. It doesn't matter what your defense is. It doesn't matter if you have healers on your team or anything like that because you took zero damage from them.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and as long as you didn't fuck up your timing, <laughs> you were going to be fine for the entire encounter. Sure, you'd take a couple of hits, and that's what you had your, your heal skill for, and everybody had their heal skill for. So there was really... I think the, the endgame content came down to how well you could time your dodge. hmm And your other skills that that gave you a dodge mechanic. Or your other utility skills like that. And as far as specking goes and trying to figure out the optimal strategy, the optimal strategy was always do more damage. Yeah. (laughs) And so with Fractals of the Mist, even though the content was getting stronger and stronger and stronger, the deeper into Fractals of the Mist you went, you get to floor 40, things are going to kill you in two hits but they're not going to hit you twice because by the time you get to floor 40, you know how to dodge things. <laughs> so you don't need like a really strong healer. You don't need somebody who's specced into healing and knows how to heal really well. You need to be able to hit that dodge button. <laughs> and you need to be able to kill the, the boss fast enough that you don't miss hitting that dodge button twice in a row. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's a So that's kind of what the end game pve content came down to is that in taking away that holy trinity they also took away a lot of the challenging and i guess uh what made other other classes feel unique they they took away that kind of um ah, i forgot the name of it yeah that that uniqueness that feeling of identity mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah so like um the two things that came up from that is that, one, y- you don't really need teamwork. Like, you kind of do need teamwork. Because, um, like, there were things, mm-hmm. like, you can only hold this item for so long, so then eventually you have to drop it, and then someone else picks it up, and you yeah. can kind of defend that guy or something. Like, they they had that, but they there weren't, like, you know, everyone, you have to form, like, a perfect, you know, like composition with, you know, certain like um positions and stuff. There was, you know, just none of that. And then second of all, it started becoming less about like strategizing and um and um, you know, doing doing certain things at certain timings and stuff, but it just more became of like memorize this dungeon and learn how to get through it and then just keep doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's Kind of what it comes down to. If if nobody is a healer, nobody is support or anything like that, everybody's a damage class. And the way you measure skill isn't by if you can complete something necessarily. It's by how fast you can complete it. It's just optimizing everything. Right, <laughs> it's, right. Um, yeah, it's not just about how, how many... Let's see. It's not just about clearing the dungeons. It's about clearing... As many dungeons as you can while you're playing. And right. Yeah. It, it kind of shifted the goal from obtaining this. Like in World of Warcraft, you beat a dungeon to get the loot at the end. In this, you get you beat a dungeon to get the gold at the end, then you go to the next dungeon. You do the same thing. So really, being being fast about everything was just as important as being able to do it in the first place.
0: Right. And then you you kind of miss out on like that like, the. The rush you get for finally getting the item that you've been you know working mm-hmm. so hard to get you they don't uh they don't have that because you're trying to just get as much gold and uh grind up the gold to and once you you know buy the legendary gear that that's your moment to shine
1: um, <laughs> literally yeah yeah but, <laughs> but uh, it, it's
0: not it's not the same as um as that heart the heartache that you get because you're not getting the drop you want you know.
1: Yeah, they don't. They don't have that. And I, I'm talking about this as if it's a bad thing. It can be a great thing too. It's just what you're looking for in MMO.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and yeah, for me, I was. I mean, I wasn't looking for an MMO that I wanted to, you know, lose every single Wednesday night because <laughs> I had a raid to go to. Right. I mm-hmm. wanted an MMO where I can, you know, go on, sign on, and see, you know, who, which, which one of my friends are on. And be like, oh, hey, you know, uh, what are you doing in Guild Wars 2? And he's like, you, you know, oh, you know, we're fighting some dude in um, in Queensdale. Like, come on over. And I'm like, okay. And, then, you know, we hang out in Tyria together. Like, that's what I wanted. And they yeah. did it great.
1: Yeah, it is amazing. And their the whole uh, buy the box, play forever for free, their their revenue model really supports that whole casual feel too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah spoiler alert if you uh, if you don't know Guild Wars 2 is you just pay once for the box (laughs) and you can play as much as you want there's no sub there's no subscription model you just log in log (gasps) out take your time why is that a spoiler we hadn't we hadn't gotten to it yet I didn't know if people knew
2: (laughs) Um, right right yeah yeah. so
0: the game to me (laughs) to me the game is free like like, yeah, you have to pay for the game, but, I mean, the devs deserve it. I, I had no issues buying the game. Yeah. And uh, and then once, you know, after that, I can play it for however long I want. And so, and so, how did they continue
1: making money, Mr. <laughs> Zerk? Oh, they had, uh, Incronaut, they had these microtransactions. <laughs> they had a, a big store that you could just purchase things with gems, and to get those gems... You could pay real-life cash for it, mm. and the that store had things mainly cosmetic, also some things like just convenience, mm-hmm. like um, if you wanted to re-specialize your character, you could go pay in-game gold for it, or you could just use this thing from the microtransaction shop. Mm-hmm. It's just it's really simple. You just press this button right here, and you pay five bucks, and there you go. And. Evidently, a lot of people did it because Guild Wars 2 is still around and still really popular.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just want to talk about really quickly, in this gem store, they... um, Okay, so in in order to get materials, um, you would have to buy, like, uh, harvesting tools, right? So, like, for mining, you would have to get a pickaxe. And so you would have, like, you know, crappy pickaxes to, like, awesome pickaxes, right? I forget what they're called. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> the crappy ones, you know, <laughs> could only do like the copper ores, but the awesome ones could do like the, you know, or or um ores, <laughs> and they can do all the way down to copper. Like they can do any of them, right? But because because I was a money sc- Scrooge, um, there's no way I would use an awesome pickaxe on a cheap ore, right? And so my inventory. <laughs> was always full of different pickaxes of (laughs) of varying amounts because sometimes I would be mining, you know, gold ores more than copper ores. And so it would be full. And so Guild Wars 2 in the gem store had this one pickaxe. um, And the one I saw was the volcanic pickaxe. Oh, that's a good one. And it was um, the best pickaxe you can get, but with infinite charges. And so, you pay, like, you pay real money for the gems, or transfer, but we'll talk about that in a sec. And then, you get this volcanic pickaxe, and now I don't have to worry about that, and I get inventory space. And, <laughs> um, by no means is it necessary for me to have this item. Like, I would be fine without it. But, I mean, convenience, like, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs>
1: And when you mine things, lava shoots out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? When
0: I first saw it, I
1: was like, whoa!
0: What the <laughs> hell? Like, where would that come from?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, that's kind of the theme of it. A lot of cool-looking stuff, a lot of convenient stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of just inventory saving. And actually just expanding your inventory is one of the options, too. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... So then because of all these things like they they were for sure ArenaNet was for sure trying to tell you like we are not trying to be money hogs like 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 the scum of World of Warcraft but <laughs> but they were like you know we we want you to enjoy this game you don't have to pay us but you know if if you want some of these really cool items you could spend real money on gems but even if you really wanted these items, there you didn't have to spend real money on gems. you could tr- you could trade in-game money for the gems as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so um, and so at first it was au- I mean it still is awesome, but when the game first started, like the prices were so low for gems. <laughs> it was great. I got like a free like ten dollars because <laughs> I just turned everything into gems. Yeah, But, uh, I mean, now the prices are ridiculous. So. Yeah.
1: A, lot of, a lot of play time for a little bit of gems.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the currency exchange was pretty generous at first. Now, I think, to deal with bots and just people who farm all the time, you're looking at, like, a, a few hours for maybe a, a dollar's worth of gems. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the beginning... A few hours would net you, maybe, like you said, like five or six dollars gems, or, so, or like yeah. ten dollars in gems. Is, yeah, it's a little harsher now. Yeah, and,
0: <laughs> and that's cause all cause of like market price. Like there was a mm-hmm. global trading market, and so, um, yeah, and so the prices just went up cause inflation. Um, but I mean, you know, if you want to spend real money on gems because you want in-game gold, then you get a ton more in-game gold. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean ups and downs. But a few hours for a dollar, you you farm a lot better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's in like those crazy groups and like
0: uh like yeah. with the dungeons and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> <sighs> um Yeah, so how is the game socially since we were ta- talking so much about, you know, community being a big deal in World of Warcraft?
2: Um,
1: right.
0: was it in Guild Wars 2?
1: I think so, in taking away that class identity where, you know, you have a healer, you have a, a tank, you have DPS, things like that. Things that you would find in World of Warcraft where you actually relied on other people to complete this content.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: By taking that away, they also kind of took away the reliance on grouping in general. And kind of one of their design patterns is that you didn't need to group. It, like, if somebody was there helping you hit a monster, you weren't going to get angry at them for taking some of your XP. You guys weren't going to split up the loot, split the experience. You were each going to get full credit, which is cool. It takes a lot of stress away. But at the same time, there's no reason to group. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole social aspect kind of transformed from this grouping, I need you sort of feel to, uh, you can can be there and it's fine, but I I don't even need to talk with you anymore. Yeah. And so the idea of guilds as a leveling support group or as a like clearing content support group it was just kinda out the window. And mm-hmm. it was really just up to players to make guilds what they wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Which was I guess in turn it just became a social thing. Which is not a bad thing. But in a game with <laughs> guild in the title, <laughs> you would expect guilds to be a little bit more important. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, they had guild dungeons. I've never done
0: one. Like, I've, I have done one with a guild that I wasn't a part of, and I still, like, got some rewards for it.
1: Oh, right, yeah. So, <laughs> they had these, uh, yeah, they eventually put in guild, like, challenges where you could start this thing as a guild, or was this challenge that sometimes it was just, like, a, a race where you had to get as many people as you could through a dungeon, or through a jumping puzzle, or exploring the world as fast as you could or sometimes it was finding one monster that was somewhere out in the world and so your your guild had to split up and (laughs) figure out where this monster was Mm -hmm. but that that wasn't even there at launch
0: um that wasn't there at launch? I
1: don't think so or if it was it wasn't
0: yeah it definitely wasn't that's right yeah
1: yeah yeah um
0: yeah so it was I mean so I've partied um to do some events with, like, random people before. And, you know, we wouldn't talk. We would just do it because we're all doing the same event and you get, like, some bonus
1: EXP or whatever or loot or something. I don't know. But- yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's called tagging monsters to get credit. So if you do enough damage to it, then you're going to get full experience and whatever drops it has for you. And if you're in a party, then you personally don't need to do enough damage to it you as a party need to do enough damage to it. Mm. So you as a party need to do enough damage to every monster you see to maximize your experience and and loot drops. <laughs> it, it, it really wasn't anything you needed to coordinate on. It was just <laughs> do as much AOE damage as you could.
0: Right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think the only reason I've ever partied with my friends was so that you get like that little tick on the mini map, so you know where they are. <laughs> huh. Besides that, like,
1: mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> Just to know where I am to avoid me better. <laughs> the, little, the little, like uh, zerk um, like marker is like ch- coming towards me, and I'm like, oh, I need to go the other way. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm on to you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so uh I don't know, like overall like I know we, we were talking about the things we dislike about Guild Wars 2, but it's it's not a bad game. Like we both no. did play it for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, again, I still play it. Yeah.
0: I, I I'm like thinking about updating it right after this episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, While we've been talking, I've been running around hitting waypoints. (laughs) Just just running around Divinity's Reach uh, mindlessly, mind you, but yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, so like the one thing... um, So we're going to switch gears to why it's awesome. And so (laughs) um, one thing I love about the game is the graphics. And like, they're not like, you know... Top-notch, you know, PS PlayStation Nine graphics or anything, but they definitely have their own style to it, right? They they have like you know beautiful green scenery or you know giant um, like city towers and and buildings and with like really amazing music to go with it
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, and like sound effects and just like everything coming together. Um, when we when we said that they did a good job about immersing you into Tyria, like we weren't kidding. Like they did a great job, and I love every part of that map except maybe the char the Char Zone. <laughs> I I, could, I don't really care for that yeah. area. But besides that, <laughs> 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 I love like everything about the about Tyria. It's great.
1: It is, and yeah, like you said, it's it has a style that. I mean, one, it's just beautiful. Like yeah. in game, out of game, everything about this style is is stylish. Like they, they really took their own their own take on how to do the graphics and how to do the lighting and even the cutscenes. They have this cool, like, sweeping paintbrush sort of feel. Yeah. And the whole world is just a work of art. The the whole experience, you, you get into Tyria, and since you don't need to worry about leveling the the whole time you're there, you're just kind of taking in the sights. And they even have this mechanic, this uh, this Vista thing, where you run around and you get to this, what's called a Vista. You press a button and it brings you out of your character, away from your character, and it shows you the world around you. And that's when you can really appreciate all the work they've done to make it feel like a cool, stylized world. Yeah. And not just some, you know randomized terrain with trees and monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I had no
0: idea that uh Jeremy Sowell did the soundtrack. That's awesome.
1: Uh not all of it. Oh. he definitely did the theme and uh, a few other <laughs> of the really good parts. <laughs> <gasps> but I mean you can you can just tell the quality of the soundtrack just by listening to the theme or just walking around. It's just like everything about it is beautiful. Yeah. You can and I still do every once in a while when I just want to get lost in a game. It feels like like a Skyrim version, or like a like a Skyrim MMO sort of thing. Yeah,
0: where, yeah. That's where awesome. the world
1: is beautiful, the music's beautiful. You're immersed, and half the time I'm not even really aware that I'm in an MMO. Yeah, which is it's a cool thing. It, that's a it's a good thing.
0: <laughs> it. I feel like that's kind of what like they sh- kind of should have. I, I shouldn't say what they should have gone for in Elder Scrolls Online, but...
1: No, yeah, I agree.
0: But I feel <laughs> like they, that's, I feel like this is, like, what they should have gone for, right? Like, just beautiful, you know, world that you're into, and then, you know, you, like, you run into other people, and it's, it's fun. Sometimes I run into people who, like, need help. They're lost, or they can't finish a quest or something, and I'm like, dude, yeah, like, I, I'll come along and help you, and, like... I love doing that, because it's just like, I, I'm i just hanging out in interior. so. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Really quick with the vistas, I'm pretty sure the developers have, like, explicitly, not explicitly, but they've definitely, like, implied. They were like, hey, these vistas are for you to look at the hard work we put into this world. Because we put really hard work into this world, and we want you to notice it.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I'm definitely going to agree with that some of them feel like I mean it's it's great but it feels like they're showing off they're like check out how cool this city looks <laughs> you hit this vista and you're just like wow I, had, I hadn't even looked up but there's like there's a lot of detail on that model that's too far away to even see yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that it's it's a great great experience yeah
2: the only
0: time I really felt like they were like kind of shoving it in my face would be like the vistas where there'd be like this random like obelisk in the middle of nowhere and they're like here's a vista so you can look at this random obelisk and i'm like huh like why am i looking at this thing it has nothing to do with anything but then like look at it it's
1: beautiful and it is beautiful yeah. <laughs> dang it you guys are right <laughs> yeah. this is kind of cool
2: <laughs>
1: yeah it's yeah. So I mean, Bar None, most beautiful MMO I've ever played. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: definitely just
1: in, in every aspect. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. It it can't be beaten. the The engine itself, like the the engine that you play in, just the way that the the physics and everything works in the in the game. I mean, it's essential for the combat, but it really can't be overlooked. It's so smooth. Yeah. everything about it is so smooth you jump around it it doesn't feel disconnected at all if you dodge it feels natural if you use a skill that makes you move forward or swing a sword or something it doesn't feel strange it just all works yeah and it that's that's the kind of stuff that really helps you stay immersed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all the little details that just work
0: um, I think, yeah, so I spent a lot of time with the Asuras, l- the little dudes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they have, they definitely have the best, um, animations.
2: <laughs> and
0: so, like, you, I gotta give, uh, ArenaNet props for the, the little, the little details they put into, like, everything. Like, the, um, just, like, when the Asura jumps, they, like, you know, flail their hands and, um... And yeah, and it's just like, and when they dodge, like, when when thieves dodge, right, they get that little, like, shadowy effect. And um, it's, yeah, it's just really cool. It's just, like, little things they put into classes, races, and all that uh, is really awesome. Uh, even the gear, right? Uh, the gear looks awesome. They definitely put more work into the greatswords. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> the
0: great terms are beautiful, and I want to cry whenever
2: I see them because they're so cool.
0: Um, but yeah, they the gear looks awesome, um, and uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, just everything
1: looks cool. Like not just the world, but just everything. Yeah, and I mean to to touch back on the engine, it's, they they really designed it in such a. Such a smart way. The whole engineering behind the game really plays into this immersion and keeping you not so much focused on the technical parts of it, but just focused on mm. seeing these little details and appreciating every little detail. So instead of having, I mean, they do have different servers, but they clump all the servers together when they need to. So if you're in a map that's not as heavily populated, say like you're in a level 30 to 40 zone that people hardly ever go to. Mm-hmm they're going to take anybody that's in that zone and group them all into one, like, mega zone <laughs> where they have people from all these different servers in one place so it doesn't feel completely empty. It doesn't feel lifeless. It doesn't feel like like a level 20 zone would feel in World of Warcraft these days
2: <laughs>
1: where nobody's there. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm going to go off on a little bit more of an engineering tangent. but Let's do it the the way they designed the whole patching process is the best first of all i've i don't think i've ever had a time when i tried to log into guild wars 2 and i couldn't they don't go down for patches because they have two instances of the game running at all times they have the the current version where everybody's like enjoying whatever they're doing and then they have the patch version. And so if there is a patch and it's critical, they'll say, Hey, log out as soon as possible. Right. But even if you don't, you can like you can continue playing. You're on the not patched version. As soon as you log out, it patches and you log into the patch version. And the, the two exists like they they coexist. You can see <laughs> like there there's no downtime. There's no maintenance anything like that because while one is down you can still play on the other one mm-hmm. so it's it's beautiful i love it i i remember when i was really obsessed with Dark cage of Camelot or world of warcraft or something like that i was always really upset when the server was down for maintenance mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. i get home i want to play i want to go get that piece of gear i want and i can't because dude like there's some bug or there's a i don't know there's a patch going on and I have to wait. Guild Wars 2, it's not like that. You can you can always log on, always have fun and it's never gone down. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really a technical feat considering how many people they've had playing that game.
0: Huh. I actually had like no idea about I mean, I guess like if I thought about it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, the the patching system was really cool, but not like I I never I never really thought about it from the from like the engineering dev perspective, but now that you say it, I'm like, huh.
1: That is really really cool. Like, this bit. yeah, it's brilliant. And every other MMO I played at launch has had problems. Like, the first day when you have millions of people logging on, it's like the real stress test, right? <laughs> Nobody's ready for it. Guild Wars two, not a problem. There wasn't the a pro- problem. Yeah. yeah, the problem they had was that they didn't have enough servers, and they just made another server. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a problem. The only problem was people were trying to be on the same server as their friends, and they couldn't. But nobody had like a an issue actually just playing the game if they wanted to. Right.
0: One thing really cool about, so far, a lot of these uh, NPC Talk episodes is that we tend to have them right when, when an expansion is coming out. Oh, yeah. And so, um, Guild Wars 2 is finally having its first... like It's not just a patch. It's like a legit expansion called Guild Wars 2 Heart of Thorns. hmm And um, I believe you, you have to buy it separately. Right. And... But there's still no monthly fee. hmm And is, is it... Um,
1: it's not... Is it required? Like once, once it comes out, I have no idea actually. Nope. You could keep on playing, alongside people that have it, even if you don't. Nice. Yeah. And so with this um expansion,
0: they're coming out with a bunch of new things.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess just to name a few, there's gonna be like a new region interior called the Heart of Mag Maguma. <laughs> Um. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just gonna have you know more more map stuff, which is cool. A new profession, the revenant. Uh, which is uh, ooh, it's heavy armor, which is nice.
2: <laughs> Looks um, pretty cool too.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, with um, with Guild Wars two, a lot of the quote unquote limitations was that certain classes. Or, all the classes could use a variety of weapons, but certain classes could only use certain weapons. And, um, yeah. And that's just kinda... They... Guild Wars... The Guild Wars franchise was all about having the limited action set, so you didn't have access to all your spells at once, but you had to choose, you know, a certain, like, 7 or 8 or whatever out of, like, the 30 you have. Which, uh, I mean, some people might find it limiting, but it, it makes it cool because... Uh, they balanced the game around the fact that, you know, you have to, you know, certain sets of spells would, you know, demolish a warrior while certain ones would be really bad against a warrior, but it would be good against like, you know, another class or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. I mean, you know, and because it was so PVE focused, <laughs> it was kind of. Yeah. It, it had it, it. It had its own little thing going on with different builds, but uh, yeah, it was neat. Let's see, and then there's a new world versus world map, right? The desert borderlands, mm-hmm. um,
1: some guild stuff. I'm just looking at the wiki, so you guys should all just look at the <laughs> Heart of Thrones wiki. But yeah, um, I, I mean, I can I can talk a little bit about what I think is cool, what what they're doing to fix some of the problems that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um, they're adding a new PvP, like a structured PvP map, which mm-hmm. is it's just a new rule set entirely. Stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, stronghold. It's a let's see, what's a good way to say it? It's like um kind of a lane, not tower defense, but like a base assault sort of thing. Where inspired two by lanes. MOBA games. Yeah, and I think "inspired" is the key word there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't feel a whole lot like you're in a MOBA, mm. but it's yeah, it's like you know, you kill their castle before they kill yours, cool. sort of thing. And nice. I, I played the beta of it. It's pretty cool. A little confusing at first, but I'm sure that's just the beta part of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So adding more to PvP, always a good thing. Um, the world v world map is great. The the entirely new PVE map that they haven't even touched a whole lot on, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, yeah. In preparation for Heart of Thorns, they've kind of revamped the whole like skill allocation, like the the trait system. Hmm. Where if you're familiar with World of Warcraft, it's like their talent system. Mm-hmm. They've revamped all of that. They've made it a lot easier to understand. Less choices, but that's what World of Warcraft did too. So it's not so much theory crafting as it is just picking things that look cool. And along that same line, hmm. if you specialize in certain things, you can actually unlock what they're calling like a—I ah, forgot what it is. It's not a not a profession because that's what they call a class. It's a, I think it's a specialization.
0: Yep, elite specializations.
1: Elite specializations, that's it. So let's say you're an elementalist, which has been around since launch. You can control like the four elements, switch between them at will, things like that. Their elite specialization is going to be the Tempest. And that's just all about being like insane. Like If you've seen Avatar, the Airbender one, it's like becoming Avatar. Right? <laughs> Where you just like your your eyes start glowing and you start doing some crazy stuff every once in a while. Cool. <laughs> so it, instead of just being this normal caster, you become a tempest and it has pros and cons just like any other specialization any other trait that you would pick up you have to make sacrifices for it but that's what they're kind of doing to to address this um, to address the fact that they're only releasing one more like standard class the revenant. Mm-hmm. They're giving more options to all the existing classes, too. Which is great. It looks really fun. Awesome. But I think... I mean, for me personally, the most exciting thing is that they're actually putting more stuff with guilds in there. And there's this this whole idea of a guild hall that's going to come with Heart of Thrones. They haven't talked about it much, but it's like this... Uh, it's almost like a housing area for your guild to to congregate. and. What? Oh. Yeah, you have to, like... You have to... First, get your guild together and go conquer this region in order to settle it for your guild hall. Oh <laughs> and gosh. then you can start customizing it, and you can start building it up, and you can like start missions there. And I mean, they haven't said many specifics about it, and I don't think the betas have even included it. But just from their, their concepts and <laughs> maybe their media talk, it sounds pretty cool. It's awesome. And it, it's putting the, the guild back in Guild Wars 2, I'd say.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. <Yeah.
0: laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm totally going to check it out again.
1: Yeah. I, so let's do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, see, uh, I see that Rangers' elite specialization is the Druid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I love Druids. And I hope I can turn into a Werebear like in, in Diablo 2 and just like maul things I I mean probably not but I'm just saying yeah know, I hope you can maul things too man <laughs>
2: um
0: yeah so um I don't know what are your thoughts on Guild Wars 2 overall like you know just some
1: closing thoughts on Guild Wars 2 Closing thoughts: I'd say if you're looking for the next WoW, you're in the wrong place. Mm, yeah. If you're looking for a fun online game, Guild Wars Two is probably the best bang for your buck out there. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You pay if it's on sale, you pay like ten bucks, and I've spent probably hundreds of hours in this game. And <laughs> even if I spent ten hours, I'd say it was worth it. Yeah, it's just it's beautiful, it's fun. It's really well put together. Sure, it doesn't have that same endgame MMO sort of feel, but unless that's the only thing you're looking for, you're going to find something you like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's just... Yeah, Guild Wars 2 it is like you said, it, it's immersive, and it is catered for casual it's catered for everyone but um they definitely had casual players in mind which is good for um people who don't have all the time in the world and it you know yeah it's a great experience so um i highly recommend it for everyone to at least try so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah it's a it's a cool experience if nothing else Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) um yeah. So it. Yeah, we just. I. We just have to. Um. What's it called? Just reiterate that. You know it. Guild Wars Two is a is a great game. Like we did have a, <laughs> a lot of crap, thrown on it, but you know we mm-hmm. we love the game. So.
1: Yeah, it's all, um, tough love. I'd say. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely you know gonna come back to it, soon, especially with this Heart of Thorns expansion. Oh yeah, up, so. I'll be there too. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think for now, you know, that was a you know, a good in-depth talk about Guild Wars 2.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, so this is episode 14 of NPC Talk. My name is Incronaut, here with Zerk. Thank you
1: so much for having me, Incronaut.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. And um, for now, you know, we are out. Good night, guys.